Welcome to War Dove Podcast. Warring Dove International is a kingdom organization focused on building local and global partnerships, equipping ministry leaders, and raising up a company of warriors who, like a dove, have eyes to pursue one thing, the king. Thank you for tuning in today as our founder, Lisa McFarland, shares her message. Thank you for tuning in as we are launching our adventure series. Walking with God is much like going on an adventure. And today, Lisa McFarland will be sharing with you some helpful insights of how to successfully navigate this journey you're on with God. We hope you enjoy. I've been uh, been preaching over the last month or so about what I call the adventure series. So let me review just a tiny bit because I don't I'm not gonna, I don't intend to be long tonight. I don't. I told a story about uh, where God said to me, I want you to buy this bike, you know, and you have to go back and get these sermons. But, but the first one we called, It's an Adventure. It's an Adventure. What? This re- invitation to relationship that God has given to you. And many of us have gotten lukewarm or tired and we've forgotten, you know, what it was like the first time we spoke in tongues or we heard the voice of the Lord or the sound of heaven. And we kind of get used to it. It's like, you know, you, a bicycle, you know, when you get older, a bicycle doesn't seem that, that important. But you remember when you were a little kid and you couldn't wait to ride a bike and other people had a bike and you're like, I want to ride a bike. I want a bike. Please let me ride a bike. And you couldn't wait till they took the training wheels off and you couldn't wait till they let go of the back of it. And, you could, and then remember, if you got really good, you could even ride it without your hands on the handlebar. You could ride hands free, right? And it was a big deal. And you went, everybody, you know, look, look, I can ride a bike. And so God has invited us on into an adventure. And this bike represents the balance. The balance of waiting on God and going after God. The balance of sitting still and, and, and being out loud. The, the balance of uh, uh, spiritual things and natural things. Because there's a balance. You can't be all the spirit and then you're, you let your natural finances and your natural life go to pot. And it can't be all the natural. It's all about money. It's all about your yard. It's all about your kids and your car. And you don't care anything about God. There has to be this perfect balance if you want to ride this bike. And, and it's like God's invited us on this adventure. He says, all right, get on the bike. We're going to go somewhere. And, 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 and during this time period, sometimes we forget how cool, you know, when somebody invites you on an adventure and you start on the journey, you're so excited like Columbus's men or Magellan's men or the, or the first mission trip. But in the middle of it, when it's hot and, and you have to ride up the hill before you can go down the hill. And, 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 and maybe you're camping and things go crazy or the car breaks down, you know? When we, when we go on an adventure, there's that initial invitation that says, Hey, do you want to do this? We're going to California. We're going to China. You know, we're going to camping. We're going on this whitewater rafting. And, and they, show, they tell you all the promises of what you're going to get and the experiences, the good stuff you're going to get along the way. And you get all excited and you sign up and you get in the boat, right? You get in that car, you get on that plane and in the middle of it, you know, there's some hardship. There's some crying, there's some uh, bathroom situations, you know, there's some, there's some bug bites, you know, there's some snakes in the grass, you know, there's all these things, but that's part of the adventure. And we, and I, and I preach really hard because sometimes on the adventure, we, we say to ourselves, what was I thinking? 
Why did I do this? Why did I start? When's it going to end? Are we there yet? And we forget the excitement. And because we are so focused on the end of the journey, we never stop to ask the Lord what we were going to experience along the way. Although he's told us in the Gospels, you know, you're going to be persecuted. There's going to be hardship. You know, people are going to say things about you. There's going to be false brothers, false visions, false prophets, false apostles. Right? All those things. And he warned us. He told us. And yet he said, there's going to be a city whose builder is maker's God. You know, when there's a mansion in my father's house. There's many rooms. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to send the comforter. And, and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He's going to teach you. And all these gifts that, that were going to be poured out. And the promises. You remember this? But God is calling us to get on this bike to take this invitation for adventure, like going on a bike ride with God. And, and, and it's not where we're going, it's the going. It's the learning of God and the knowledge of God and the relationship with God. You know, we're all focused on becoming a minister, preaching, publishing a book, you know, getting that car. In the meantime, while you're so busy getting there, you can forget That while you're on your bike, you're on this adventure with God and God is revealing himself to you and you're growing and you're changing and you're learning God in this friendship with God. If you focus on the friendship, you'll get where you're going. I'm going to say it again. If you focus on the friendship, if you relax and just ride the bike and you stay in balance, you'll get where you're going. Then I said, it's an adventure. But as I said, it's a promise, right? God invites Abraham to a city. He says, leave your father and mother and go where I show you. And that's what adventure's like. We don't have all the answers. We, we, we don't know what, what we're going to experience. All we know is it's going to be an adventure. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy. And it doesn't mean it's always going to be fun. I want you think about Lewis and Clark. When they said, we're going to explore the Louisiana Purchase. We're going to go to the Northwest. And part of it was amazing. They saw mountains and rivers and Native Americans and animals that had never been seen by white men before. But there was also hardship. There were storms. People got sick. Some people got killed. You know, there was thunder. There was lightning. It was hard. And God promised Abraham many things. So it's not just an adventure. It's a promise. If you start on this journey with the Lord, you are going to get there. Nothing's going to stop you. No matter how hard it might be, God's going to make sure that your flat tire gets fixed. That if you fall off your bike, he's going to pick you back up and scrape your knees off and kiss your boo-boos. But he's going to tell you to get back on the bike and keep going. It's a promise. He said to Abraham, I'll make your name great. You know, uh, uh, you're going to have this many children. And it's funny, sometimes God says these great things to us. He gives us these promises. And then it looks like the opposite is what happens. You know, you're going to have a baby. So they can't have any babies for a long time. You know, I'm, I'm going to make you rich and there's a famine. They have to go down to Egypt and, and beg to get some food. I'm going to protect you. And Pharaoh takes his wife. I don't know about you, but when those things happen to me, I have to go to God and say, God, I know you're not a liar. But one of us is confused. 
I know you love me, but this doesn't feel like love. And I know you know everything, but I have a limited mind down here. In my little retarded world, I don't understand. Because she never talked to God like that. It's a promise. It's an adventure. Get on the bike. Right? And I told a big funny story about getting back on this bike after 35 years. And I was scared. I was. I was like, Danny, hold the bike. Danny, hold the bike. Don't let me fall. You know? And God's calling us to go back to the future, back to the beginning, back to the point of origin when it was an adventure and an invitation. And you were like, yeah, I'm in. Let's go. Do you remember the promise? But it's not just an adventure. It's not just a promise. It's also love. This, this journey, this invitation, this bike ride is about falling in love with God and God showing his love to you. Well, you know, you could say, well, I don't know. Are you sure God loves me? Zacchaeus didn't think God loved him. But God comes because of a promise that God made to Abraham that says, I will bless your children forever. I'll make an everlasting covenant with your children after you. So even though Zacchaeus is in sin, nobody likes him. He's a short little guy. You know, he has to climb up a tree to see Jesus. Jesus comes walking by, looks up and says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to your house. And he turns to the crowd who's making fun of Zacchaeus and says, Him? No no way. You can't be calling him. He's a sinner. Sinner. And Jesus says, Surely is he not a son of Abraham? God remembers his promises. God remembers what he said. And sometimes we need to go back to the future. Where our future was casted before we were even born. The good works he created in advance for us to do. To know that God loves us and it's an everlasting love. It's an everlasting covenant. You say, well, I already know that. Really? Well, how come you're, you, you, when you're on this bike ride, you get all mad and get off the bike and kick it? How come you say, God, where are you? Are you listening? Hey, God, where's the provision? Hey, God, when are you going to answer my prayer? I quit. It's, it's an adventure. It's a promise. It's a love. And then last time I preached on, it's big. What's big? It is big. The adventure is big. It's much bigger than you know. You know, uh, Lewis and Clark, I think when they got to Kansas and they saw that river, like, whoa, this is really big. This is amazing. And then they went on up and, they, and then they got on up, up into Montana and they got on up there and they're like, oh, look at these mountains. They're big. And then they got all the way over to the, the west coast, to the Pacific Ocean. They're like, whoa, this country is a lot bigger than we thought. That's why it's taking so long. That's why it's so hard. That's why there's so much resistance. That's why there's so much warfare, because it's big. Are you hearing me? You get my messages. This is just the review. It's big. You know, God, Sarah wanted a baby. God wanted a nation. Right? You know, Jacob wanted the blessing of his father and be the favorite. And God wanted to raise up the government of Israel. You know? And sometimes we're wondering, well, God, you know, you promised that if I got on this bike and I went, this would happen and that would happen. And I haven't seen it. And it's been one year. It's been been 20 years, God. You know, it's been really hard, God. You never say anything about it being hard. And sometimes God will give a birth and then our dream dies so that it can be reborn. 
So that like a seed, that word that God wants to plant in you, the heaven God wants to plant in you and bring a harvest of heavenly things in your life on the earth, the seed on the outside has to die so that what's on the inside of the seed can come forth. And so when God comes in the beginning, let's go back to the future. Remember, in the beginning, God tells us, I've called you to the nations. I put my words in your mouth. You're going to preach. You're going to prophesy. You're going to be a prophet. You're going to own a business. You know, you're going to help the poor. And, you know, you're going to have a baby. You're going to be a great nation. And you get on the bike, and you're like, wow, this is great. Come on, guys. Let's, let's go. Sign, in, sign me up. And then halfway in, you're like, what? Because it looks like the opposite is happening. It looks like nothing's happening. And you're asking God, why is this happening? Because it's an adventure. And adventures are like that. They go up and down. And God knows how you are. If it was just smooth sailing, you'd get bored and you'd get distracted and leave. You like it. That's why you go to those movies that scare you. Dinosaurs trying to bite your leg off today I watched, right? You know, and you go to these movies and you read that book about the guy going through hardship and overcoming it. And every time he overcomes it and every time he he gets the girl, you're like, yay, right? Because you love adventure. And God is very uh, carefully and with great forethought preordained your steps and created a, a whole chapter in his book about you. Good works that he created in, verse for, uh, in advance for you to do. And, and, and he knows it's going to be up and down and up and down. But it's going to shape you. It's going to mold you. It's going to make you. It's going to kill you. God, are you trying to kill me? Yes. That outside shell where it's my desire, my thoughts. Well, I thought it was going to, well, I thought it was going to be then. Well, I thought it was going to look like that. Well, God, you know, we were doing that. And God comes and on this adventure, he reinstates his love and the promise. But because it's big, it's not going to happen the way you want, when you want. In the timing you want, with the people you want. It's much bigger than that. And God's going to allow you on this adventure to go through those things till you die to yourself and your vision dies so that the big picture can be seen in your life. It's big. Tonight I want to talk about this. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. And not only is it supernatural, I want you to have this thought. If it's supernatural, because it is, which means it's not natural, it's beyond natural, it's above natural, it, it, it's, it's over the top, beyond, extreme, it's greater than what I see in the natural. To be supernatural means to have a manifestation or an event attributed to some other force outside of what is natural or what you can do on your own. God on this adventure, you know, it's, it, he's, he, the invitation has come and, and the promise is in place. And his love is going to be manifested all along the way as you're going in and out of problems. And because it's big and it's bigger than what you have asked God for, the word of the Lord, like Joseph, is going to test you. It's going to cause you to die to yourself that Christ might be formed in you, the living word, and you become a living epistle as God records and writes himself into uh, the pages of your life and the words that flow out of your testimony. 
This manifestation. But it cannot be something you did. It cannot be something you thought of. That you invented or you envisioned. Trust me. I'm telling you. I've been a minister for 30 some years now. and, and And what I'm walking in now. I could never have imagined it. I remember when they prophesied over me, I was a young singer, you know, singing on the radio. You're going you're gonna to sing, and when you sing, demons are going to come out. When you, when you sing, you know, people are going to get healed. And I was picturing myself, you know, like on the radio and the stage like Amy Grant. I had a band, I had a record, you know, and we were doing it. And that's what I was envisioning. How could I know that God was going to take me into the angelic realms and download a sound out of heaven that as we began to worship, that sound would bring the glory and people would stand there and demons would cry out and come out because of the sound and, because, and people would get healed. Their heart, broken heart would get healed and their physical body would get healed and their minds would get healed. You know, and I remember, I remember when I had to lay down and not, and not be able to go and fulfill the contract and stay home to take care of my child. God orchestrated events to crash my career. Every time I tried to start a business, God would sabotage it. You know, every time I had money, it was like it went somewhere. And God was hemming me in and locking me down and, and putting me through this process to die to myself and literally destroying my dreams. Because God wanted me to have his dreams. And he wanted to give me the desires of my heart. And he knew what they were because he put them in there. You say, I don't understand. I know you don't. But it's big. And it's supernatural. It's beyond science, beyond nature, beyond what is visible or observable. Right? It's extraordinary. It's not a normal day-to-day thing. What God is doing is, is extra. And it's in the invisible realm. And it's going on and sometimes we can't see it. Just like a woman who gets pregnant. She, she's not going to see that baby for about nine months. And God has impregnated you with heaven and the word of God. And it is growing and it's going to manifest. It's a supernatural thing that God is doing. Since it's supernatural, it only takes one. It only takes one. One what? One word. One encounter. One vision. One angel. One breath. Right? One day. One drop. You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about this adventure we're on. And the promises of God that God made to Abraham. And he spoke over your life and the prophetic words over your life. I'm talking about the love of God. Because because God loves you, he's going to fulfill his purpose. And it's big. That's why it's been so hard. That's why it's taking so long. You know, sometimes when we don't understand, we want to give up and throw in the towel. Because we think God doesn't love us. That he's not powerful enough, you know, that, that, it's, that, that, that because it's not in the time we thought we just quit and we give up and we miss it. How many things have been lost because people quit too soon? Think about that. I think, I don't know, was it, I don't know if it was 1,000 times or 10,000 times Thomas Edison failed at making a light bulb work. What if he'd given up at 100 or one, or five, or ten, or, 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 or four hundred. What if he'd given up? You wouldn't be sitting here looking at me right now. You'd have no light. What if Jesus had given up on the cross? 
And often our faith only takes us so far. And we're riding the bike and we just run out and we just say, I'm too tired. I, I can't make it. It's too hot. My legs are hurting. I just, I'm going to get off this bike and I quit. And I'm just going to go back to Egypt. When your faith runs out, that's when God's faith will kick in. Your faith isn't going to make it anyway. It's supernatural. You need a faith that comes from God. You need a strength that comes from God. You need a hope that comes from God. You need a provision that comes from God. It's supernatural. That's why you can't figure it out. That's why you can't control it. That's why no one can put you out of the race or destroy it. Man didn't create it. Man can't fund it. Man can't evaluate it. Man can't stop it. Supernatural. What God is doing. You know? I had a dream a few years ago. I was coming back from Texas. And I was, uh, it, I was really saying to God, Lord, you know, how are we going to make it? How are we going to pay the bills? You know, it takes a lot of money to be in the nations. You have no idea. And as soon as the money comes, we spend it. That's what apostles do. That's why they brought the money to the apostles' feet because we don't keep it. So if you can't give away, you're not a giver, you can never move in an apostolic fashion comes you must always keep your hand open it comes in it goes out it comes in it goes out that means you cannot be afraid that means you you can't hold on to it you can't control it this provision that God has given us is supernatural so the Lord was speaking to me and I went to sleep and I woke up in this hotel because I (laughs) I was asleep when I got there and I don't know where I was I woke up in the early at dawn and I heard uh, thousands of birds singing and I thought I was in heaven. And I woke up and I, and God, and I opened the front, the door of my hotel. And literally there was like 5,000 birds sitting in front of my hotel door. And they started to walk into the room by my feet. You know, I'm like, what is going on? And the Lord said, Lisa, are you paying attention? I said, yes, Lord. Uh, what's going on? And I heard the scripture out of Job. Listen to the birds. They will teach you. So then he says, go back to sleep. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't go to sleep now. Something's happening. Something supernatural is happening. Right? And and he says, where are you? And I go, I don't know. So I had to dig in there, you know, dig and find the the phone book of of that hotel room. And I was in Abilene, Texas. And God says, what does that mean? I'm like, I don't know. I was asleep. There's 10,000 birds out here singing, woke me up. And now you tell me to go back to sleep. And you want me to tell you where I am? I don't know. Lord, only you know. (laughs) And and then, and he says, what is Abilene? I'm like, I have no idea. I didn't know. I must be in Kansas. But I wasn't. I was in Abilene, Texas. And I looked it up. Abilene means the place of the sweet grass. It's the place of provision. It's named after the uh, Abilene in the Bible. And I said, wow, that's interesting. I'm in the place of provision. And God says, go back to sleep. I'm like, okay. And I went to sleep. Immediately I dream. And I saw a giant umbilical cord about this fat attached to my belly button, going all the way up through the heavens, up to the Father. And he was sitting on the throne, and it was attached to his belly. And God said to me, a supernatural ministry must be supplied supernaturally, Lisa. 
That's why it's not working. You're looking for the people. You're looking for this and this and that, but it won't work because you're supplied out of heaven. You're looking at the wrong place. About a few weeks ago, he said to me, if you have an umbilical cord that's attached to me, Lisa, uh, how much work does a baby have to do to get, to get provision from its mother? Just has to breathe. Just has to be. Think about that for a while. All that kicking, screaming, begging, manifesting, it's not going to help you. You might even wrap your own cord around your neck and cut your own supply off. Just chill. It's supernatural. Let's talk about one encounter. Let's talk about one. If it's supernatural, it doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take many. It doesn't take all that. It doesn't take the work or anything. It's supernatural. Right? Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. And the voice, one voice, one voice said, let there be light. He only said it one time. It wasn't like, let there be light, let there be light, let there be light, let there be light, 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 light. Hey, where's the light? No, one voice, one voice said, one time said, let there be light. And the light is still shining now. And that's why you're alive. One time. God only has to speak over you one time. Put his favor on you one time. Right? Prophesy over you one time. Later on in those chapters, and it said, God formed man out of the dust of the earth, and he breathed into him, and man became a living soul. And that word man there is actually plural. He became a living soul. Man became a loving soul. So God breathed into man one time, and that's why you're alive right now. Because that breath, that life force passes through the male into the next generation. One time, one breath, just one little breath. You know, you imagine somebody's laying over here on the ground and they're dead and you're giving them CPR. How many times do you have to breathe in them? You're like, you know, 1,001, 1,002, 1, 2, right? And you keep it up and they may or may not come back to life. It's going to take more than one breath to bring them back. But when God breathes, it takes one breath and you will live forever. One. Right? If it's supernatural, it only takes one. One word. One voice. One breath. One promise. God only has to say it one time. He doesn't have to say it over and over and over again. Just because your faith goes, he, he, he loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. You know, your faith's like a roller coaster. I believe, I don't believe, I believe, I, believe, I don't believe, I believe, I believe. God, God already said it one time, and that one time is why it's going to come to pass. One. One word, one breath, one day, right? One day. On Acts chapter 2, the people got together in the upper room and they were praying. You know, Jesus has said, I promise, I promise I'm going to send my spirit. And when he comes, he's going to teach you all things. He's, he's going to help you to remember all things. He's going to lead you and guide you into truth. It's going to give you the power to be my witnesses. Go and wait for it. You know, praise God, they were able to wait for 10 days. Most of us couldn't wait for 10 minutes. Right? 10 minutes you can't wait. God, I've been waiting for 10 minutes. Where's your presence? Right? They wait for 10 days. 
And when they came into one accord, right, they all had the same, the same vision, the same hope, the same sound. It said, and suddenly, when the day of Pentecost came, Suddenly there came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house and it set on every single one of them and it appeared what looked like tongues or little strings of fire on their heads and they began to speak in other tongues as, because the Spirit gave them power to speak. When the day of Pentecost came, you know, one day. Sometimes it just takes one day and, and everything in your life changes. It shifts. I'm trying to speak into your life about hope tonight. I'm trying to remind you to go back to the future. When God speaks something, it's going to happen. And because he's supernatural, he has the power to bring it to pass. It's big, bigger than you think. That's why it's taking so long. Because God's going to crucify and he's going to remove the outer shell of that word and and, and out of you until all that remains is him. And because what is him is supernatural, now it will come to pass. One encounter, one day, one face-to-face meeting, everything changes. Amen? I know for me, I, all my life, I, I, I can remember as a young girl, God saying, you're going to go to nations. And I saw myself uh, praying for people and preaching from all these people and being on the radio and television. You know, and I grew up a, a, a country girl out in the middle of nowhere. You know, I had to take my little wagon down to the bookmobile to get books because there was nothing out there. The bookmobile came to us, right? And, and you could get a pop from the, of a machine at the grain elevator. That was it. That was my world. You know, there was like, I don't know, 200 people in my town. They didn't have a store. They didn't have Walmart. Even They didn't even have Walmart back then. And all my life, I had been saying to God, well, why did you show me that? When's it going to happen? Was I just imagining it? And that's what happens. When it takes so long, after a while, you, you know, because it, it, I don't know what it is. Because when you know that you're going to inherit a million dollars when Grandpa dies, you will wait. Am I right? You know it's going to take time. And then after they die, you'll get it. And you wait for your inheritance. But when God says something, it's like after one year. Well, maybe it wasn't God. Maybe I I just imagined it. Uh, Maybe that preacher, there was something wrong with him. Maybe I screwed it up as though I could control God by my actions. I mean, yeah, let's, is that right? I can control God. I can make God do it, or I can make God not do it by what I say or do. Is that true? No. But we act like it. We act like it. You know, I screwed up, so it's too late now, so I might as well go on and do this. I have people tell me, well, I already screwed up, so I might as well just forget it. I'm like, what? What did God say? Did God say that this was going to happen or God was going to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then what changed? Because God didn't change. His promise didn't change. His power didn't change. You changed. You quit. You you gave up. You got off the bike. All it takes is one. One day. One encounter. One word. One breath. You know? And I remember all those years went by until I'm, I'm 40. I'm 40, and I'd gone across the border into Mexico a couple times, but I kept thinking, well, maybe I just imagined God called me to be a missionary. You know, maybe, maybe it was other people imagining, and they just said those things, and I believed them, but it wasn't really God. Come on, you know it's God. 
You know when it's God. You know. That's why you got all excited and got on the bike and started on the journey. Just because it takes longer than you thought doesn't mean that God quit or gave up. And then what happens is, you know, then you start to sick and guess, well, I don't know, maybe it wasn't God. Maybe, maybe it was just that. And you downsize the vision. You downsize the dream. You try to explain it away, you know, so you won't get your feelings hurt. So that you, you, you can save face. Try to reinterpret it and put a spin on it so that you can wrap your mind around it and you can justify why God doesn't love you and he didn't show up. Thank you so much for listening to Warring Dove International's podcast. To find out more about our ministry and how you can partner with us, please visit our website at wardoves.com. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. We'll see you next time on our next episode.